Spoiler alert! Hello everyone and welcome to Living a Life Through Books, the podcast about everything bookish. I'm your host, Dr. Shanaz Ahmed, and today is Book Club. We are doing How Much of These Hills is Gold by C. Pam Zhang. Yes, there will be some spoilers. That's why there's a spoiler alert. Okay, before I bring up Book Club, I just wanted to say, really appreciate your support. So you can always buy me a coffee. The link will be in the show notes. If you want to join Libro FM and get a two-for-one deal, again, that link also will be in the show notes and all the how-to-reach-me stuff. So, without further ado, pull up a seat, sit back, relax, and welcome to Book Club. All right, everyone. Welcome to book club. Today we're doing How Much of These Hills is Gold by C. Pam Zhang. This book was picked by Erin and apparently it was on a former President Barack Obama's reading list, which I'm beginning to realize that myself and Mr. President probably don't gel too well when it comes to books because this is the second book that he really liked, that I am just like, what were you thinking? So anyway, I am definitely not going to be looking at Barack Obama's reading list for any future book recommendations for myself, but that's for me. And if Mr. President, you're listening, I have no apologies to make. It is what it is. And with that said, let's get started. Let's talk about first thoughts. For me, first thoughts is, A, I read this book a couple of months ago. I did the audio. I just, first thoughts is confusion. Who, what, where are you going? Wait, what? It was a lot of what's, because that's what the book I felt did, because it switched over talking about one character story and then it goes into another character story. And I'm kind of like, wait, what happened to that storyline? So confusion is my first thought. Anyone else on first thoughts? So I'll say my first thoughts. So uh, originally I was like, I don't know where this book is going. I didn't know if I liked it, but then I realized like I disliked some of the characters so much but again, it was like one of those things where, where I was like, well, I mean, there's a reason, right? Like the author did a good job of making me dislike some characters. Um, but when when we got to the middle section where it's told from Ba's point of view, something started coming more full circle for me. And I don't know if it was designed that way, but that uh, my first thought, I agree, was like, why was it written in this order? Because it was a little confusing. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I think it was meant because the kids didn't really know what was going on. Lucy and Sam, they didn't really know the full story of their their parents and how they had come to be there at that point. Um, so I think it was purposefully done like that. But it did take me to the end to like really feel like it came full circle. First thoughts for me, I I thought it was very sad. Um, so it I, I thought they 
characters were engaging like once I, I kind of got into it and figured out what was going on I, I, I agree I, I thought it was an interesting story I thought the characters were well developed um, it definitely made me feel emotions but man it was sad Rufus, welcome we are doing first thoughts we just started so first thoughts about the book uh, I actually have never uh, read a history that far back of Far Eastern immigration to the U.S. So that was, I think, very interesting. I thought that was that was a very good aspect of the book. Overall, I think it was a sad book, <laughs> just like you said. But I really enjoyed that part that I got to read something about that I never, I mean, I don't think I ever thought I should read about it about that era and that immigration or forced immigration or whatever. But uh, I think that really made it, you know, and I think that's the first thought that I came and I finished the book. Okay, now I know something about an aspect of history that I never inquired before. So I like what you said, Rufat, and let's talk about that area of history, that era, if you want to call it, of immigration of immigrants and how welcome, yes, I'm being sarcastic, and how welcome they felt in this strange land. You know, you are displaced from home, from everything you know, and here you are. And then you are again displaced, looking and seeking your guess essentially your humanity and your own identity in this giant big planet. It is a very sad story. I completely agree with you. And I think it is something we need to reflect upon in our history. I know we, when we talk history, a lot of times the go-to history is slavery. Mm -hmm. There are so many other histories of this country that's just brushed under the rug. And uh, I had said I was very confused about this book, but that element of it did ring true for me. I felt that was a good element. The other element, I will tell you, that I liked about the book or I really empathized was Lucy's need to educate herself and her need that self-growth and even her relationship with her teacher to be like, hey, let's do this. That I found was an enduring element of the book. Now, Ba's story with trying to marry the mother and all of that, you know, it's just like, okay, sounded like just another guy. <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> sweet talking a woman and promising the world. And yet again, so? men, you let us down. Yes, if you're a man listening to this, don't let your woman down. And yes, you have. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, didn't, I was in that against the, the bar, actually. Well, again, I, I was just going to put Go a, 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 maybe explain a little bit about my thoughts about Ba. Um, his backstory was very interesting to me that he was just kind of a foundling and had no 
family really and he had this person who was kind of caring for him but didn't seem like really had a relationship or role models or what 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 is a man supposed to do like in a relationship and how is a man supposed to act and um and then this person just ups and leaves um when he when I had this other opportunity come up and then they just never see them again so like man that is some emotional trauma you know growing up and I I am not surprised that he ended up not being able to have functional successful relationships (laughs) coming from that background I also have one other thing to say about him is like whatever you mentioned if it happens to anybody it's gonna create that thing but then there was that identity part he didn't know he was an immigrant born in another country he had no idea I think that's another I should have mentioned that was the actually more interesting, one of the most interesting aspect of somebody's identity. It's just like if I take a child, adopt a child here, a white American and take him or her to Pakistan and raise her or him there without him knowing that he is doesn't look like me, but he talks like me. He's not going to be able to talk English like this. He's good. You know, and that I'm talking about very good situation, you know, but in this situation, I think the identity was so messed up. And especially he is, I don't know how old when he goes to the camp and he's, he looks like them and he can't talk their language and he doesn't look like the people and he's talking their language and there's so much confusion for him. And I mean, I can only imagine how much, uh, and it seemed like he he suppressed a lot in his life. And of course it, you know, it presents itself uh, later in life. And um, so I think that was a very, that to me was a very sad part of uh, uh, to have to go through as a human, as a child and growing up with that thing in his mind. And he didn't talk much about it. If you know that to me, it seemed like he was, a uh, typical guy who wouldn't talk about himself or about like the deepest of the emotions and just basically throw things out which hurt others but not actually know that what's hurting him or and I think that can stay you and I Shanaz are immigrants and I mean even if I have a third generation here even one of my kids ends up marrying somebody they're still gonna to some extent look like me and th- nobody can change that So, I mean, but we live in a society today where we were not, you know, they still will have their parents and grandparents and that as a child who's alone and has no idea where is he growing up, where did he come from and what is to be expected, what are the norms of looking like and talking like that. So I have some sympathy for the dad, honestly. I agree with all of that. And I think one thing that in the book that I noticed was kind of interesting is that he was so desperate for culture and like an identity and belonging that he knew people confused him with the Native Americans and he had Native Americans around him. And so he, you know, kind of started to cling to that culture and identify with that culture because he knew he didn't relate to or belong in the the white culture. But that was like the closest thing that I think he felt safe in. And so, you know, he clung to that. And it's kind of interesting that at the very beginning, some of the things that he says and does, and he's like, well, then, you know, it was good. Like, this is what the Native Americans did and it was good enough for them. And maybe we should do this. And it kind of explains why that he was doing that. Dr. Jen, 
yes. Can we talk a little bit then, since we're kind of on the subject of bot, about the tiger? Because I didn't fully kind of catch what she was trying to do with the tiger, like reaching out and grabbing Ba's leg. And then later on, the tiger was coming out in Sam. What did you guys think about that? Um, oh, maybe I'm making something of nothing then. <laughs> no, you're right. I, I mean, if nobody wants to, then I'll go. I mean, I think uh, it was just something that she brought from back home. Uh, it was more like her cultural heritage kind of a thing. And of course, it's stuck with Sam because, you know, when you grow up with certain things, it, I think that's how that's what I looked at it. I mean, a lot of, of that thing. And um, I mean, we're talking about 1800. So I guess to me, that's what it, but uh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Let me know if I'm. Well, I guess I took it like was the when when Ba's leg was messed up, was that fire that I am I or was it like a mountain lion? I was confused about that aspect as well. I well, I don't know. That's the thing. So in he tells the story like he's running away and something is scaring him from behind and it he gets more and more afraid and then it reaches out and grabs him, but then he tells um, Ma that it's uh, that he just fell and cut his leg but I don't know what really happened there and then it was just so interesting how there was you know a tiger in this village that Sweetwater that that uh, Sam and Lucy were were living in and that was the representation kind of coming of Ba like coming out in, in, in Lucy and so I wasn't sure if it was supposed to represent like fear or the unknown or um the like you mentioned the culture maybe that's kind of catching up to him I'm, I'm not really sure but I, I there was something there and I just couldn't quite put my finger on what she was trying to do well I didn't think it was a literal tiger because there are no, oh, no. little tigers I didn't there. either right but I was just in the I was in the thinking it was, it was symbolic <laughs> it definitely was symbolic for something that could be so powerful and attack you but I was, like I said, I was so confused half the time. I'm like, okay, symbolism for something. Let's move on. Moving on. You know, this whole book, I'm sorry. I mean, the whole book, I just, it was one of these things I just couldn't soak in. And I just kept saying, okay, move on. The next thing, it's symbolism for something. I don't want to sit and think about this. I'm sure they'll talk about it in book club. They'll explain it to me. Move on. Oh, what? I don't understand. Okay, move on. And I just moved on to the end. (laughs) Well. So, I mean, like, I'll, I'll be honest, I am not that acquainted with Eastern culture, um, like Far Eastern culture, even though I did work at a Korean restaurant ran by a Korean family where I was the only white waitress whenever I was in high school for like a year and a half, I think. And I always felt like I did not belong, but <laughs> It was the only place that would give me a waitressing job. So there I was. Um, I mean, I tried to fit in, but I didn't, I did not know anything about the culture. And I had a, like, there was only one other waitress that actually like tried to explain some things, but I I just didn't, I never got the opportunity to understand. So I'm wondering though, when we're talking about this and we're talking about it being like, like, do you think that it's sort of like the evil eye? that's in some cultures like that's the rep like a like a similar symbolism or a similar representation of like the evil that comes after us and is sometimes sent after us maybe maybe it could be i was actually looking for um there's a book that i read it's called strange beasts of china i wasn't sure when you brought 
tiger. I'm going, was there a tiger in that book? And I just was looking, but because I, I was like, is it strange? Is there tiger in the title? Is there tiger in the picture of the book? And there isn't, so never mind. I just wanted to look because I was like, something was something with the tiger. I don't know. Maybe there is something with tiger there and has to be. China and a cultural something that we are missing. I mean, it was on the cover, like there were tigers on the cover. And so like, I feel like it must be important. You know, tigers have just immigrated to Stillwater. There's that's that happened too. I mean, they just kind of, I'm just kidding. I I know, but (laughs) they they found, they supposedly found a skull of a tiger too, but I guess it wasn't really a skull of a tiger. It was probably a mountain lion. That's what I, that's why I was like, was there really literally like a mountain lion there? And they just equated it to a tiger. I don't know. I, I'm going to disagree with you, Erin, that I don't think it was a mountain lion because when they say tiger, I'm sure they know what animal it is. And a tiger is so distinct from a mountain lion that I don't think it would, you know, I, I don't think so. Rufat? Uh, yes. So I think, and I, maybe you guys talked about it. tiger was not the only confusing thing in the book. I mean, it. And I don't know if it was audible or something. I had to restart the book four or five times the first 10 minutes and then 15 minutes. And I was like, it was so hard to get the whole sequence and the characters put together. I mean, it it was shameful for me to understand. For some time, I thought the horse was the third sister, I mean, or brother or something. I was like, is that what my comprehension has gone to? (laughs) So, I mean, even like towards like the middle and end of the book, and it seems like the, the author is pretty well acquainted with both the culture. She, if I remember, is a PhD or if not, at least, you know, she's educated here. So, um... I would say, I mean, I had a couple of other disagreements too with the book. I don't know if you're going into that now, or, but anyway, that was definitely one of those. And then uh, the way she uh, kind of, I wish she was more clear about a lot of things, even when she puts in some um, of the Chinese or whatever language that, especially when you're not reading the book and when you're listening, it kind of, uh, a lot of times authors say something in English and then insert and which kind of gives a very clear idea of what, the other language so I think she kind of um, either didn't keep the audience in her mind or she just wanted to rise above all that and write a book that was like okay that's only my style and on the same lines I love books which are written lyrically poetically but there's a fine line when it's poetic to a pleasantness and when it's like there was that water, 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 gold, gold. She kept on repeating, especially when you're listening. It was like, my God. I mean, I think once I counted, she said the same word or the set of words like five, six or seven times, water and gold or gold and water, which instead of emphasizing was actually doing the opposite. And like you said, Shanaz, I mean, it was kind of like move on. Okay. Let's just be done and move on and let's listen to the story and let's so the story overall was okay but these aspects kind of made um, it very difficult read Uh, I definitely spent more than the number of hours Audible had on it so so I think Tiger was one thing but there were other other things too which were confusing yeah I wonder if that was like a poorly executed 
change like uh, um like she was trying to get across that when you're in out west like that at that time like those are your two the two things that they have on their mind the water and the gold you know because without water you're not going to last very long out there in that terrain and gold was like the whole thing that they were trying to get unfortunately uh but you know it could be definitely like I said she she seems like a very intelligent woman I'm sure she has done whatever she has done for a reason and I mean the story is amazing she picked an amazing subject and even the setting the way she describes all the men I mean it's really nice I have to say everything was done nice except for these few things I have to say amazing that you restarted several times I mean I I also felt the same way like has my comprehension just gone off like suddenly I just forgot what the English language was maybe I need to start stringing words together and figuring out what a sentence is and there are books that do that where I question comprehension and my question is you know you said you kept read you read it over and over and over and I've heard people go oh I read that first page three times because I didn't know what the heck was going on and I'm going what is the intent for an author to start off with this cryptic something, cryptic message, cryptic story, where your reader has to read it or listen to it over and over and where it's kind of taking them away. And one of the rules of writing is grab your audience and keep them going. And yet, because it's on Barack Obama's list, here we are going over and over, reading the same thing. Well, Rifat does me, I'm moving on. I'm like, you know, President Obama, thank you very much, but I'm moving on. It's like, that's kind of what, but that's my question about authors. And because, you know, I talk to authors and I myself am working on writing a book and you just wonder what is that fine balance where you're writing a good book where it's written well versus you start off with this oh my gosh I am such a genius I am so smart I'm gonna throw this wow message it's so mystic you won't get it you will maybe get it when you listen to it about the 10th time you might get some inference. And then when you move on, you got to read the next page 10 times. Wow, I've really got you. I don't know. You know, we've talked about it in the past where it's like every reader brings their baggage or their experience with them to a book. And perhaps there's, you know, something that maybe she's speaking to a cultural audience that we are not a part of and that like like the tiger thing we don't understand it but it would make perfect sense to somebody from that group i respect that no i i i hear you i totally respect that dr jen i was going to add one of the other things that was maybe not quite as positive for me about this book was the fact that every time something good started to happen i knew that in like five pages it was all going to be blown to bits and like you you could just like the foreshadowing was just very heavy um so you're going to start collecting gold and you're going to hide it around the house somebody's going to come steal that from you in about five pages you know if you 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 get this you know nice position and some friends in this little town it's gonna fall apart (laughs) so I don't know. I was I was not so thrilled about that either. 
I think that comes from the element of story writing. Whenever I see any story writing website or, you know, like uh, an Instagram meme or something, they're like, have you created conflict and now create it again and keep the conflict going? Have you kept putting, uh, have you set trouble for your main character? Have you created more trouble? I mean, how much trouble can you create? And it's almost like you got to take your main character all the way to the fire pit and roast them for a bit just before their last breath. You got to find someone to come and rescue them from the fire pit. And that's good storytelling. So you collect gold, right? It's because it's like, wait a minute, I got to create problems here. Let's collect gold. Let's have someone steal it. Let, you know, all the stuff, let's just give them something and steal more. And it's, it's that emotional seesaw I think it's more of a storytelling thing which also makes me wonder of writing the book in a very structural mathematical format of a contrived format of saying okay here's a character well I need something to happen to this character well I'm gonna do this well I need something else to happen I'm gonna do this and that's something that I felt maybe didn't flow as well, because it's just like, like you said, it's very jerky. It's like you're in a rocky road. Okay, one bump, oof, another bump, and another bump. So, Rufat, you're next. I, this, I think when I was like the first third of the book, I knew it was not going to be a happy book. So that as, that kind of thing did not bother me. But I just wanted to say that I do agree with you, Erin. I thought many times that she was probably writing for a different audience. Maybe she she didn't care about how much I sell the book or what's the rating. Maybe it's something in her life or in her heritage that she wanted to target or address, you know, maybe. Um, I believe that could definitely be one of the things, and especially when she brings the the Sam's uh, gender identity as well. I think that's another amazing thing that she wrote about, like going all the way back in 1800s that, you know, that issue was still there. And he, so I think um, to me, it seemed like uh, when I read the book and when I reflect, and even as we are discussing, it seems like the, the book had a more personal connection to the writer then to that's what I said. Then she's probably she rose above everything that you know, poetic license or you know reading hierarchy, like writing hierarchy or the you know whatever uh, the aspect of like the technical writing. Uh, to me, it didn't seem like a mathematical book, like you're saying. I thought I thought she was a pretty free on writing about it, and, and they, she wasn't very strong in the story. Somehow, I did, but I I do think that uh, there was a, a very deeper personal. Uh, thing that she addressed coming from a culture uh maybe she saw things or maybe she wanted to address something to to which you know i think uh that does have a very good that has a weightage to it let's talk about lucy's relationship to her mother and lucy's relationship to sam well can we talk about sam because sure yeah let's talk about sam okay so in the end, Sam does 
uh, you know, is expressing that his sexual, well, sexual identity and gender identity is that he's a male and that he likes women. And, but at the beginning, it seemed to me that it was Ma and Ba that needed Sam to dress and act like a boy so that they could have another income to the home. Did I, I mean, I wanted to make sure I like one that I did not get that wrong. And then two, did they push that identity on Sam or did they see something in Sam recognize that? And they just said, you know what, we're going to use this to support the family rather than, you know, fight against this. I think the second one personally I, I think that um, like I remember the scene from the school where he cuts his hair off and it seemed like that was the way it was supposed to be. So it seemed like it was something coming from Sam. Although I, I don't know how much Sam wanted to feel approval from his father and his father really wanted a son. And so like, I don't know if that desire to be what dad wants factors into that too. So not sure. I think uh, both, Aaron, the, definitely the parents wanted income and definitely there was a tendency in Sam too, because I mean, he wouldn't have grown up to be like that. How much can you carry your parents' expectations? He was pretty young when parents passed away. So uh, that's how I feel about it. I also found mom a very interesting character. I don't know if you guys thought about it or not, but I thought, especially from, I don't know, I actually really, what Claire the story for me was when dad's letter came because that really put the whole thing in perspective. And that's when I actually started to enjoy it because it told why were they using that language? Because before that, it was nothing was like what heritage they are. I mean, maybe there was again, my comprehension. Was, but um, I think his letter really cleared up a lot of things. I don't know. I would love to hear what did you think about the mother? I'm going to pass because my comprehension's been like, has been a negative zone. I'm like in kindergarten comprehension when it comes to this book, because um, I missed the whole Sam thing. I know that's how fast I went through the book. Like I was just like going, going, going. I'm like, okay, Sam. Okay. Lucy, Sam was explaining something to Lucy. I know there was something about, you know, like trying to get Lucy as a prostitute or something like that. Am I right? Yeah. Sam was trying to get to be so yes yes Sam was trying to get Lucy to be a prostitute see okay my comprehension wasn't negative one then it's just zero but I you know but I just okay and then because Sam was trying to explain to Lucy about all the struggles now that you mentioned he had been through but I completely was like okay well I've been always thinking well yeah Sam has always been in this prostitution ring but I never thought in terms of Sam being a he, and I don't know how many times it was mentioned because if it was mentioned several times, either it's my comprehension or my level of attention, because at some point your level of attention just kind of is like, you know, I just, this is a book club book. I just need to get through with it, you know, and that's kind of how I felt, you know, when we're talking like casual vacancy, right? I mean, the more I think about it, it's like a really good book. I mean, yeah, I downed it, but I, yeah, the more you think about it, you know, complex characters, great scenes, you know, like all these little things. I'm actually paying attention. I know what's happening here. I'm like, 
what just happened? Huh? You know, like literally like, I don't even understand what the words in the page are saying. And maybe it could be the whole repetition, water gold, you know, all of that stuff. Okay, move on, on, on. And maybe as my brain just skips on, maybe the one time I skip, I'm skipping the important parts because once the author takes me out of the story, I don't know. But anyway, where were we? Uh, Mom, <laughs> yeah. you're talking about Ma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it, it, and I, I agree with you. I thought it was kind of confusing at first too um, with uh, with Sam, but he, by the end he was definitely presenting as a male, talking about like hiding the fact that he doesn't have an, an Adam's apple, and everyone was re- referring the the girl that Lucy was hanging out with was referring to him, and Charles, I think that was his name, was referring to Sam as as a him. But but no, with Ma, she was a really interesting character. Like for even from the beginning when she came over and kind of attached herself to Ba, it sounds like, and was really kind of taking charge. I thought that was a really interesting, maybe power play. And it sounds like she was doing that again. I, I was surprised to find out that she didn't die in childbirth, but I guess thinking back on, maybe I should have seen that one coming, but I didn't. I mean, she had up and like left her family to come to the United States too. So yeah, I mean, she's definitely an interesting character. She's obviously very intelligent. That was portrayed in the book. Um, Definitely somebody who's willing to like take, you know, her life by the reins or whatever they say and, you know, go for it. But it, it still made me sad. I think in the end, because I'm like, I think, I guess she couldn't deal with Ba's um, alcoholism and the loss of a child together. But I am shocked that she left Lucy. I know that she didn't seem to worry about whether Sam was strong enough to endure things. I mean, I think it would be sad that she would leave Sam with Bob, but at the same time, culturally, Sam was her son and in this circumstance, you know, that son stayed with fathers is at least the understanding that I was getting from what they presented in the book. So maybe that wouldn't have been all that unusual, but I was a little puzzled as to why she left Lucy when we found out that she hadn't actually died. Yeah. I also kind of, uh, I mean, I had some, I don't know. I couldn't. And I, I, I always believe we are all, you know, product of her circumstance. And I do give her that she came from another country and, you know, but then again, I also saw that there there were a few things that really I couldn't seem to, like, especially after Ba's letter, I thought it was, uh, and not that I'm, you know, with the dad or something, but I don't know, to me, it seemed like she also pressured her husband a lot for the things that were not in his hands. Uh, going to going back home and all that. I mean, he also had his struggles. So I don't know if he's alcoholic because of her or because of his own issues. I'm not saying, I'm not putting blame on her, but um, I just didn't have as much sympathy with her as I wanted to in the beginning. That That's how I felt. I don't know. And especially when I found out and, and I wish she was dead and not had run away, that would have kept some some of it. Uh, and to me, again, it seemed like uh, very personal to the author. 
to uh, especially her dad's letter seems very personal to me uh, that she included that thing for someone or for the audience in general. And, you know, I am not a feminist. Like there are so many definitions of feminism and I am to in some extent that I'm not, but um, I, I just believe you're humans first and then we are a man or a woman. So I think it's a good man is a good man and a good woman is a good woman and same, you know, it doesn't matter how you look at it, feminism or not. But um, to me, it seemed like that she wanted to bring out the dad side of the story just to at least, if not up, but at least to equalize of what he was portrayed as in the beginning. I, I don't know, they could be mental illness, they could be postpartum, they could be anything that happened to mom. And maybe she didn't mean to leave, she left and she died or whatever. I mean, the author left a whole bunch of things unsaid. So that's how I felt about her. And then um, you, you had mentioned about Sam wanting Lucy to uh, be a prostitute. I don't think that was the intent because in the end, I think uh, the deal was she didn't tell Sam that she was going to be a prostitute. She told Sam that she was going to be a secretary and she let Sam sort of go and free him from whatever the go was going on. But she ended up having to earn that way. I think that's my um, understanding of the book. Uh, Sam had no, I don't think Sam was mean enough to uh, make her his or her sister a prostitute. Uh, I don't think, uh, I actually kind of liked the relationship between the siblings. It was like, uh, I didn't see one was more mean than the other because he came back and I think he also wanted to help her. And uh, the, the deal was that she was going to be a secretary and then he was going to go. But then the secret deal that Lucy made with the person who, wh whoever had a conflict with Sam was that she was going to prostitute. That's all you remember. And I also took it that Lucy wanted access to that library. And that was part of her decision making, too, was that. That's true. You're right, actually. I just remember. Yeah, that's true. Yes. That was like her dream. And she's like, I can take care of Sam um, and Sam's debt. And I can have this library that I've always wanted. And I can, you know, learn and be better myself and my, on my own terms. And then she finds the book that her teacher was supposed to write that had her in it. And then was like, <sighs> that was a very, yeah, that was a very good closing to the iPad. I, yeah. Now that I remember, I had totally forgotten about the library and the book that the teacher had. that I think was a, a right, really touchy point and a good kind of, you know, going back to the, yeah. I have another question. Why did Lucy not go meet Sam? Because like the deal was that she was going to follow at some point, right? Why why did she not go? I, I don't know the answer. I, I, I Do you think she was content with just like the stability that she had at that moment that she had literally never had her entire life? Yeah, maybe a roof over her head and she was good at what she did, it sounded like. And she had some resources to learn from. I don't know. And, and I mean, they did say that some of the other women who were, you know, prostitutes with her in that particular establishment, they were there because of the books and the learning and stuff, too. And so, like, maybe she found commonality, she found community, and that she, this is the first place maybe she felt like she belonged. 
Yeah, may, maybe that's true. And then it, it did seem like Sam was really the one that was looking for like home, like land. And I remember them at the beginning that they were trying to find a place to bury Bond. Nothing ever felt right. And so maybe Sam had that draw to get back to that land that is home. And maybe Lucy didn't quite feel that. I, I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know as well. And she left it open ended. And I also wondered, but and again, I didn't see any meanness between the siblings. I mean, other than just that, but it seemed it that was like a nice relationship with them. They kind of did in their heart have the other person. But uh, it could be that. I, I think uh, that was that makes a good point that she probably stayed just like other girls uh, to actually read more and all that. And I don't know about prostitution in Chinese culture or concubine, as they say, but I know that uh, the Japanese culture, um, the these uh, prostitutes are very um, well-educated and they uh, sort of are um, considered as a good company, more than just the sexual pleasure of, for a man to sit with and all that. And Shinaz, I think you can uh, relate to it. And I think you've put that uh, Dancing Girls of Lahore as well. And it has some history of uh, Southeast Asia, India and Pakistan, where the... Um, the landlords, they used to send their kids to prostitutes to learn the manners. So there is a deep relationship of education. And so I don't know if it like we're talking about the 1800s, it just came to my mind that in that culture, that community or whatever is uh, is very educated and it's very, um, I don't want to say prestigious, but like, you know, people would like to it's not like okay let me buy you for a night kind of thing it's like people they they have them for a long time they they have companionships for like years and uh, maybe you can watch that with subtitle there's a movie called umrao john and then I'll, I'll send it to you guys you've seen it Chinas? oh you should it's like an old movie no. it's beautiful i've heard of it i've heard of umrao john but i have okay it. so it's a beautiful book and i think it's also like older 1800 maybe i don't know um, and I've read the book in Urdu and I've read it in English and I've watched the movie, the older movie, the new movie. It's a really beautiful. No, I mean, we don't know if it's a myth or a real person. Uh, and in that, in that they go over and about how, you know, educated they are or how mannered and how uh, th- the way they talk is amazing. They have beautiful language and articulation and people come there married or unmarried they come there to have to spend a good time in 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 they're seeking the company just like members of geisha in or other you know so i I just thought it was interesting that the books and the prostitution had that that makes a lot of sense actually because now that i'm thinking back she really talked about um kind of figuring out what type of person each, you know, man was that came to see her and what, what they needed and what she could, you know, provide for them. And it wasn't, you know, somebody wanted to cry in her lap, right. You know, somebody wanted to, I don't know, do have conversations and it wasn't always about that. It was what figuring out whatever that person needed and kind of working with it. So that's a really good point. Oh, and, and I agree too. I don't think it was Sam's intent to leave her there as a prostitute. I, I I remember that Sam was surprised that she wanted a bath. Um, And I remember that when Sam got there, what Sam actually wanted from that place was 
a bath um, and, and maybe some companionship too. And maybe he thought that Lucy wanted the same thing. And I think Lucy just meant she wanted a bath, right? She wanted to like, you know, clean herself. But I, I wonder if maybe that's, was kind of a misinterpretation of, of what she wanted. Again, again, comprehension, you know, just going back to, I don't even know what, what grade I'm going back to right now. So it's like, but I mean, you, I did say setting out on the book, like it covers a lot of topics that, you know, are good discussion topics, even though it maybe wasn't like written in a way that was a five. I still think it had a lot of value from the topic standpoint. I, agree. I absolutely, I absolutely agree on that. I, I think that's what book clubs are about. I mean, if we're putting every book in here that's Harry Potter, I mean, no, that's not what we do. We've got to throw in books that maybe I don't understand and maybe I need to figure it out. Let me throw in different books and different topics. And, uh, you know, I know they say, if you don't like a book, just move on to the next book. There is that, but there's also, I think there is value in reading the whole thing and really getting the full grasp of it. Because otherwise, you know, if I left Cloud Cuckoo Land, I'd have missed the main point of the book when I read it. I would have completely like, that book just was, I was like, what the heck, what the heck, what the heck? And then it's like, oh, and it, yeah, I, you know, you could always drop a book. I was hoping I would get something out of this book, but my comprehension was just, like I said, it wasn't really as much comprehension as my attention and my need to just get it over with because I have things to do. I got to get this for book club. Okay, let's put the check. So maybe my brain wasn't as laser focused when I was listening to the book. However, I've listened to so many audiobooks. Even if my brain isn't laser focused, the book pulls me in. If I just, my mind wears away, the book pulls me in and says, hey, wake up, listen, this is important. And so many books do that. This book just didn't have that magic for me. Rufat? Oh, I just wanted to say that uh, I definitely think the book brought a lot of points, a lot of value. Uh, I know there were times when I didn't want to read it, but I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that I didn't want to read it. I I don't think I thought, let me just not read the book. I mean, I to me, it was like, a, and I don't want to put it in a negative way, but it was a good cognitive challenge as well. Not because of the, I'm not criticizing, criticizing the writing style, but the depth of emotions that she went in, the way, I mean, the characters were pretty complex and it just, um, and if you kind of take that part out that she is writing for, which I believe she is for a very different reason. To me, I I thought that was, uh, I, I respect her a lot and definitely the book made me, after I finished the book, I had a lot more information about a lot of things, not just the general physical aspects, but a lot of uh, emotional things, you know, I, I think that, again, the writing style was the only like repetition and confusing, but that was the only part that I uh, didn't enjoy. 
Uh, but other than that, I think she made so many points. And I would again say the dad's letter and Sam's gender identity, the way they met again, the teacher's um, uh, biography and the mom's, everything, I think she put in it very nicely and she brought the characters again in a very nice way. So I don't know, I I think definitely a lot more value than I initially thought the book would bring. So uh, but I have to go though. So I just wanted to kind of give my final thoughts. <laughs> so um, what would you rate the book and the cover before you go? You know, the book would be somewhere between, because of how touchy it was, 3.5 and 4 between there. I would maybe even between 3.75 and 4 or 3.5 and 3.75. I don't know. Um, I don't think I'm going to read it again but I might just to kind of someday when I sit down and when I have more time I know we're all busy but it it is a book that I might want to read again just to get to know the author more in terms of recommending that is a hard one because uh, unless I know the other person will like that book or I know the person's reading style and reading habits and reading preferences I would not recommend that book and it's not the first book there are many books that I've loved and I wouldn't recommend to, unless I know that the person's going to love. So that's my take on the book. Cover? Cover was, uh, I don't think the tigers were that necessary, but it was okay. I uh, kind of looked at it and then I Googled it because I know we always talk about the covers. I had it in Audible. Um, it didn't make an impression from the cover. It seemed like a historical fiction about China, about their culture too much, but it wasn't. It wasn't about Chinese culture. It wasn't about, that's another good thing about it. It covered across the continents. So uh, the cover didn't make an impression on me. I, I mean, I don't think I would, or at least it was deceiving to me to what actually was in the book. Thank you very much, Rufa. Thank you so much, ladies. It's always okay, fun. We'll, we'll be in touch. I may move the you. date of the book down, just FYI. Sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, and I would listen to the end in the... Yeah, on your podcast to see what you guys thought about this book. All right. Bye, ladies. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. All right, friends. Anything else about this book? I think we covered all the th- the big topics I thought of. Yeah, me too. We went through all my, my list of questions. In the future, I'm going to take some notes. I think I'm going to get a little notebook and take some notes because I think I had some thoughts. I mean, yeah, I missed a lot of the themes. I mean, I just went way over my head. You know, it's I'm pretty embarrassed to have this podcast and, you know, <laughs> like, you know, talk about like shame. I was like, oh, my gosh. Uh, but yeah, I'll take notes. But I remember, you know, I think it, it was the sequence also that changed things around because it's like, where's mom? Oh, mom left them. Oh, did mom didn't die. Mom, you know, did leave. And I'm I'm trying to recollect my thoughts on it. And I think I just was just reading through. I'm like, okay, fine. Mom left. Okay, next, moving on. Like, I mean, it's like, you know, something so emotional and so powerful. And you guys are like, well, I don't see why she left. You know, she's got Lucy, all of this. Me, I'm just going, I'm looking at it so much like information. Okay. 
what's the next part of the story? Okay, mom left. Okay, moving on. Then there's this. Okay, oh, this is dad's story. Okay, okay, well, okay, he's justified in this, this, this. Okay, okay, fine. The author's just giving dad some character, you know, so you don't think dad's all bad. Okay, moving on, next. And I just, I think I read this book with emotional blinders. If that's even possible, it was a very, uh, I read it almost like a um, science report, it, like facts. Don't, you know, don't mix up. Oh, it's so sad. So this don't mix any emotion up, just facts. Okay, this happened. And heck, I even missed half the stuff that did happen, even with getting the facts. So <laughs> those were my uh, final thoughts. But do you guys have any other final thoughts before we move on to cover and um, final rating? I have, a, I have a final thought actually that I just found. I was Googling reviews of this book. So I was trying to, I was curious about the tiger part, but interestingly, I don't know if you guys Googled this book at all. It turns out that the author, um, her parents divorced when she was young. Um, and so that maybe the, the reason Ma left. And then uh, when she was 22, her father was found dead and decomposing on his office sofa. Um, and so it sounds like this was more kind of personal than maybe we had realized. <laughs> that would explain so much. Okay, yep. so Riffith yep. was right. This was about <laughs> some very personal situation for the author. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Who knew? Yes. It's the London Review of Books article if you're if you're doing some googling later and want to look at the source. <laughs> but anyway, final final thoughts. Uh it was it was interesting. Um I I did kind of enjoy it once I got past the middle part when Ba's story came out and I had a better clue of what was going on. And I I did really like the kind of gender change aspect um of, of sam i thought that was done really well it was still a very sad um book but i agree with riffith i would probably give it like a three and a half to four ish um i might read it again and i i agree with her too i would be really careful about who i recommended it to my rating i'll go because I mean, I want to end it in a little bit of higher note than what I'm gonna. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it a two for my rating, only because you know, I hate to say it, I don't think I'm that stupid, but I have this book made me feel that way, so that's where that went. This book did not hold my attention, and. There's a part of me after listening to all of you going, oh, maybe I want to read the book to try to figure it out. And I'm going, are you nuts? No, move on. You're done. This book, you're done. I mean, I am more likely to listen to White Ivy to see what you figured out about that guy, whatever his name was, you know, in White Ivy. I'm more likely to want to read that than this book. Would I recommend this to anyone? Absolutely not. That's a, like a definitive, no, I, I don't even think I tell people I read this book because it makes me look so bad that what? 
you read a book you didn't even understand and you and you did you really finish the book well and you don't even know what happened so so that would be a no 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 but interesting enough i will tell you i give the cover a five because i really there was something so neat about the cover with the tigers and it just felt like oh Aaron, I like this book. I like this book that you picked. Yay. Until you open the book. Anyway, Aaron, now um, okay. so you can end in a better note. So I, I too would rate it somewhere between a three and a half and a four. I liked it though for the content, like the topics that need to be discussed. So um, I really thought that there were a lot of things well done, even though there were some parts that I found very confusing and maybe now we know why um, that they were more, maybe the author sorting out her own personal experience and that's okay. Um, but yeah, I would give it a three and a half to a four. As far as the cover, I loved the cover. The cover hooked me. Like it, it's beautiful. It's a very beautiful cover. And yes, I agree. It's a little bit misleading because this isn't really all about Chinese culture but I'm there's got to be more symbolism to the tiger. There really does have to be more to that. And, and, and so I do think it's a beautiful cover and I give it a five. Okay. That officially closes book club. Thank you. All right, friends, that's it for book club. The next book for our book club is And the Mountains Echoed by Khalid Hosseini. And of course, we're recording that sometime in November. So probably the episode will come out more late November because I'll be out of town for a bit. Also, I'm going to be chatting with Nicole Glover, the author of Conductors and the Undertakers. And so author conversations should be coming up around, I would say, next week or the week after. After, so stay tuned for that. And as always, I'm going to do month in review. Am I coming up with just individual episodes where I'm just ranting and raving about life and books? Maybe. Still uh, processing everything and working things together. As you all know, I'm quite crazy busy. Things are like, what is going on? But yes, I will be working on some individual episodes. Also, thank you for hanging in there with me. Stay tuned. And that's all I have for this episode. Before I go, I just wanted to say the opening and closing music for this and all my previous episodes was composed by my husband, Brad Slavik. I'm Dr. Shanaz Ahmed with Living a Life Through Books signing off. Remember to water the seeds within you. It's time. <laughs> <laughs>